Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Comics Pals Reviews. I am your host, Sean, joined by the full house this week. We've got Pete. Yo. Marco. I'm an alien. <laughs> All right. And uh, Tyler. I see this is your chance to say like Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen with the full house reference, but missed Ooh, out. Damn. Missed out. Yeah. I'm hyper aware for those opportunities because <laughs> well, growing, up as, from you. growing up as a kid in the 90s with uh, the last name Olsen. Uh, yeah, that was fun. I can only imagine. Yeah. We have four of this week's biggest books on deck to review this week. Uh, we've got Catwoman Lonely City. This beast of a book was done. That's Sorry. huge. I, yeah. So I, ha- I have it digitally. I don't have it physically. That, that is what a shame. What a, it's the black shame. label book. Yeah. Bat label. Yeah. That's the, yeah. That's the, the, the black bat, label. Bat label. Oh, I, I have the Batman Dick issue somewhere. Back me too. Me, so. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so we've got that Lonely City number one. We've got Peacekeeper zero one. Uh, Doctor Strange, number two, Death of Doctor Strange, rather, number two, and Trial of Magneto, number three. Let's go. The variant cover, too. Look at you. You know how to do it. My my girl, Scarlet Witch, represent. I just broke something. That'll be okay. Um, (laughs) If you want to help support me repairing what I just broke, there are lots of ways that you can support the show. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube. If you want more of our reviews and our main show, The Comics Pals, which drops every single Monday, where you can hear us talk about the characters you love and all the different places you can find them, listen to our reviews of Image Comics that drop every single Wednesday. This week we reviewed two Spawn books, if you can believe that. Sorry about that. And didn't hate them. Hey, okay. All right. Ant number one. Uh, And Made in Korea number five, which is always brilliant. Check that stuff out. Uh, come join our Discord server. There's a link to it in the description. Listen and w- well, watch all of our New York Comic Con interviews. We did a bunch. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, Brian Azzarello, Kyle Higgins, uh, Dirk Manning, Twisted, just so many different creators that we spoke to, uh, a who's who, if you will, at New York Comic Con. So go check that out. And uh, follow us on show- social at the Comics Pals. We got a lot of good stuff going on. Join the party. Let's talk about uh, Catwoman. Let's talk about Catwoman. So Cliff Chang did this entire book uh, from stern to stem. The only other credited creator is Jock on the variant cover. But otherwise, yeah, this is a Cliff Chang joint. Uh, Much touted. Lots of, uh, you know good words said about it before it came out from creators trying to get you to buy it. But what did we think about it? Um, Well, first off for me, I love Cliff Chang. Very good. Yeah. Yep. I'm a, I'm a big Cliff Chang fan. I know the, uh, I think the paper girls completed paperback just came out today too. So it's like kind of like Cliff Chang day. Um, But yeah, speaking of paper girls and uh, his wonder woman run with, uh, with Brian Azzarello. Yep. um, Some of my favorite stuff ever. So Cliff Chang is one of those names where if I see his name on something, I'm going to pick it up no matter what. I've even picked up just variant covers for books I don't even read because it's a Cliff Chang variant. So like, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of a mark for Cliff Chang. So yeah, I, I was uh, I was excited for this and and I and I enjoyed it. I actually really enjoyed this issue. So 
Yeah, uh, I'll come out of the the fence saying this was my pick of the week. I really Ooh, enjoyed wow. it. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> I thought I thought this. You know book, what? I'm with you. I thought this book was very yeah. good. Um, I, you know, uh, across the board, right? Like I think Cl- uh, Cliff really knocked it out of the park. I thought um, it was really well paced. I thought the script was really good. I thought the art was really strong. There's a lot of really good color work. Um, I this is a this is a good old fashioned great comic book. <laughs> like uh, this is a must buy. I think from me. This uh, <clears throat> this felt kind of like th- there are moments where the the script kind of felt like Dark Knight Returns, um, and I think for some reason that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I thought the book was good and well done, uh, but the entire time I'm sort of thinking like I, I don't need a story like this. Um, I don't know what. I, I don't know that it's something that caters to me and uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Catwoman. And so I think that kind of dragged down some of it for me quality wise, the art's incredible colors, incredible. Um, but I think the fact that like, I was okay about it. Was, I, I, I didn't have as strong a reaction. Hmm. Man. Yeah. I, I couldn't put this down. I thought it was, awesome uh, i think dark knight returns is definitely part of what the inspiration was for this but I, I i think um it feels very much modernized in certain ways um i i thought this was brilliant you know i think it it helps if you have a connection to catwoman which maybe you don't maybe you're not that into her but you know, having read so much Catwoman over the years, all the way back to, you know, just just year one, just her presence and, and some of that stuff, this feels like the last Catwoman story if you start all the way back then. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I thought it as somebody who really has a super super casual relationship to the character, like I think it works even if you just know her as that figure right like you have the the passing knowledge of who catwoman is and like you know what what she's about and who who she cares about those sorts of things um i think it still works on that level because i don't have a super intimate knowledge of the character at all um you know it's more more like from just appearances and things that i've read or you know like film and television and adaptations you know um so yeah i i i think i think it it plays on that history, but it doesn't necessarily, you don't need to have that to be able to get something out of it either. I think one of the most interesting parts of it was the, the way that the world kind of continued post Batman. I, I like that we're brought in Catwoman coming out of, uh, out of jail to be able to explore that. And like, we, we can, we can skip over a lot of the, um, you know, Bruce, Bruce made more of a difference in his money. And we didn't have to like stew in that world. We just saw like the effects and we got to play in, that world post um uh post they sort of revitalize gotham and i thought that was really really cool and a good use of uh a device that catwoman would be you know coming out of jail um to explore that oh look at that cats yeah as you say catwoman (laughs) this this guy shows up and makes his weekly appearance that was a summon yeah he's his timing is kind of creepy honestly jordy you're still here Um, after all these weeks (laughs) 
you weird bud um no so like i i actually i really enjoy this because um it's funny we're getting to you know the last catwoman stories go- going on right now with the batman and catwoman going on by tom king and right uh i think it's liam sharp now um mm-hmm. and then this um i like this because there's like barely any bruce in it <laughs> like I, I i like when i get to see the other characters in gotham kind of exist outside of of batman because yeah his death is kind of the the real crux of this story there's this whole whodunit that we're kind of seeing you know because everyone thinks catwoman you know killed bruce or at least was involved in it and we see at the end that she didn't but there's still like a bit of a citizen Kane mystery going on too with Batman's last words. Um, no, I thought, I thought this was fun. I, um, it's strangely, it was nice to see as, as I sit down on my cat couch grunting, um, you know, uh, with, uh, just uncomfortableness from sitting in my chair all day to see Catwoman then grunt when she's jumping between roofs. I was like, all right, there's a bit of realism here that I'm enjoying. Um, you know, I had, I had fun with this. It, it wasn't even like a dark or gritty book. Like there's a lot of Gotham during the day in, in this book too, which is um, a good change of pace that um, I was pretty happy to see. Yeah. Like I love the idea that it has some of the energy of, of a book, like, you know, like, <clears throat> you know, um, like Dark Knight Returns or something like that. That is like, but it doesn't have that, like, or at least not yet. It didn't have that same level of like, grittiness i feel like where it 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 has that kind of oh my god we got two cats now they're just multiplying over there um guys we can't do catwoman books on the show anymore (laughs) (laughs) getting it's getting to be overwhelming um you know i don't know like it, it has that energy but it didn't have it didn't feel like grim dark it just felt like a story about a character getting older you know and like how aging is challenging right and like not being able to be, do the things you used to do and that the world moves on um without you while you're staying the same in some ways and how that's been exacerbated by her time in prison because obviously that's a super isolating experience and that's you know a thing that um that happens to you know people when they get out of prison for long stretches of time like that right like there's so much of the world that um has changed without them you know um, and, and kind of wrapping that up also in a story about her career as Catwoman and, and kind of aging out of being a superhero or, you know, a, a supervillain, I guess, in this case, um, but not really having any other options, you know? Not wanting any other options. That's this true, is, too. This yeah. is what she's into. And I love Catwoman. You know, she's always presented as a creature of habit. She can't change. This is who she has to be for better or worse. And, you know, this is her last heist. This is her last big scheme. And, you know, it's fun. It's, it's, it's fun. And it also features my favorite Batman villain. Of course, that being Two-Face. I love me some Two-Face, a character that I feel is way underutilized. And here he's the mayor and, you know, clearly he's up to something, but he's presenting, you know, Two-Face is always, there's two sides of him. And to the public, he presents the good face, the Harvey face. And behind the scenes, we know that Two-Face is still a, a problem. And I'm so excited to see how that develops. Two-Face as the end game boss for Catwoman is interesting mm-hmm. because they they have a relationship in the comics, but not like 
too deep of one. So I'm interested in like how they're going to glue them together. And why did he let her out? You know? Yeah. There's already that tension of, well, what's going on here? Marco, your mic. Dude, I don't fucking. (laughs) I thought you had like second puberty. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were doing a bit. I was like, all right, I'll go with this. I'm not editing out this time, Marco. You fix that. Somebody else talk. Uh, no, so I was gonna say like I like how this is this is a weird take, but like I like how Bruce Bruce dying kind of made Gotham normal. <laughs> like 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 the worst thing to see that, that we see now is like oh a hurricane hit, you know. Well, like, yeah, and there's a militant police more. force, but you know. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm ta- I'm I'm thinking more like the villains, like Penguins, not Emperor Penguin, and most of his stuff is yeah, it's shady, but it's like not affecting the every man of Gotham anymore. Yeah. You know, it turned a, it, it turned like blue collar crime into white collar right. crime. Um, right. Right. So I was like, oh, oh, that's all we need to do is just get rid of Batman. All right. I guess it's not like you know, nobody was insane that for decades now, but yeah. And like very much addressing the idea of like him giving all of his money to social programs yeah. would do a lot yeah. more good than actual superheroing. Right. Like I really despised that. Um, I like that it was Barbara that said it because I think that, you know, her father being Jim Gordon, her having seen a lot of, you know, both sides of trying to better Gotham. I get that she would choose that, but that argument is so tired and silly, especially because you can see that Gotham is not cured. Like, and that, and that's what I love about the story too, is that it, it tries to present that Batman being gone is actually better for Gotham, but only if you don't know what's going on in Gotham. We know based on what we read that that's not true. And I think that, you know, if you take this and you couple it with fear state and future state, what we know is going to happen. We see that Gotham is clearly not, not actually better without Batman in, in, in Gotham. Um, and so I wonder how that aspect of it is going to play, because I don't think that that's what Cliff is trying to say ultimately. So how are we going to reveal that down the road? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that's going to be part of it, right? Because to your point, I don't think it's that Gotham is cured. It just has different problems now. Got a facelift. ha. <laughs> Yeah, um, corrupt, you know, politicians, evil people in high places. These are these are the problems of year one, you know. So sure. um, I feel like this is this is par for the course for Gotham City. Um, I like the presentation. I think that this was a really a great looking book. Yeah. Uh, you can see that the cliff benefited and utilized to the maximum the fact that he was the sole creator involved because everything feels right. It's, it's like a a seamless presentation from start to finish. Yeah. He, he's able to, uh, you know, it's a classic thing for writer artists. You're able to really translate what you mean onto the page in a seamless way. Um, The action sequences, the, the beats, they're all there. The usage of like, panels to emphasize like small bits of emotion like th- there were a lot of panels where they kind of focused in on eyes so that you could or like close-ups of faces so that you can see how people were reacting um and how you can get like a, an extra layer of emotion out of that and i think cliff's already able to do a really good job of like oh this person is feeling this way 
because of body language, but to get those close up moments, um, I think also just benefited like emphasizing the um, uh, uh, those individual emotions. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And then um, I don't know if it, if it came across this way for you guys digitally, but Cliff also really utilizes the larger page, the prestige format effectively. A lot of the panels or a lot of the page layouts have like eight panels on them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like you're losing anything for that. Like, for example, this page is nine. This is a nine panel page right here. And nothing yeah. is squeezed in. It all feels, you know, good. They're spacious. Yeah, I was going to comment on that. Like, I feel like it... Um... It, it makes the it makes the paneling feel extremely dynamic, even though it is simple. Yeah, you know, like because it's it's just different than what you're used to. Um, I think you lose that digitally, though. Hmm? I think I lose that that digitally. Really? Yeah, it, it it but it, it fits the I, I don't know what iPad you have, but it, it fits the iPad better for me because you don't need like the bars on the side. It just yeah. fits the square really nice. Or the rectangle, fair. rather. Yeah, fair. I, I just like the the new redesign for Killer Croc. It looks like your Dominican uncle that's at the bodega. Yeah. You know, so. Word. <laughs> Word. He's just or, sitting there getting drunk. Yeah. Or <laughs> your 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 black uncle in Harlem who sits on the stoop chilling, regaling <laughs> you with you know stories of the old days. Um. Yeah. The redesign. Like killer, killer Croc can be whatever. <laughs> ethnicity you want it's just like, <laughs> well you know certain ethnicity. even though his name's Waylon jones but you know we we know what ethnicity killer croc is let's so not he's also a nick fan i don't know if you guys caught that uh, yeah 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 sorry for him yeah. <laughs> me too yeah nick's got it this year they got it mm-hmm. um and then my favorite panel my favorite page rather um is this one it's really simple Catwoman mm, yep. running away from you know, being shot at, and she's just got a big old cheese smile on her face. It, it encapsulates so perfectly who she is. She's about the adventure, the danger, um, you know, the moment. That's what she's into. That's what she lives for. I, uh, I, I think I'm glad you called out those two sections too, because I think that um, the the coloring in this book is so 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 smart. Yeah, I really appreciate how. Um, each each scene has different lighting that like evokes a very specific mood like when um when she arrives at the you know Gordon uh you know at Barbara's you know office for her campaign right like she comes into the main room and uh and meets you know um her son right and like it's in like neutral lighting and then the like mood in the the next scene, right. Where she's talking to Barbara. It's like a lot of these kinds of like, they're warm backgrounds, but they're not like comfortable, you know, like it's like, it's like this very pale yellow. It's this like kind of like burnt orange behind Barbara when, when she's angry. And then like, you know, this like soft yellow with Selena in this kind of like defensive position, the outsides. And, you know, when she's, you know, uh, walking around and like, trying to like figure out where she's gonna go it has this super moody like noir kind of energy 
you know, it like feels like um like that scene of like the detective stumbling through the city or something like that. And then when they get to the bar, which she describes as home, it's like these very warm, like soft reds, right? This comforting kind of color. It feels like a, a safe place, like by a warm fire kind of thing, you know? And then in the that scene that you were talking about, Sean, right? Like it's, we get into like these crazy bright vibrant colors like the pinks and the purples and then like those like the the softer greens for the interiors that give it that still kind of like you know um that that flavor that energy of like of like a, an exciting crime story you know and like i feel like all those things really do such a good job of communicating the mood and the the feelings that you know Selena is going through beat from beat, you know, just all around a tremendous book. I can't wait for the next one. This was a home run for sure. Uh, not something that I was necessarily like looking forward to tremendously. Uh, no, so yeah, caught kind off of guard. A, a, yeah, pleasant surprise. Must uh, let's must grab yeah. it. Go get it. Let's talk about Batman Secret Files, Peacekeeper 01, Fear State tie in. Nice to see John Cena in this book because I couldn't see him at all. It's uh, it's <laughs> it was not peacemaker, it's peacekeeper, peacekeeper. So I feel like a dum dum. I <laughs> definitely talked about this book on the show this past week, which you can of course check out right now. And I said, can't wait to see Ed Brisson's take on peacemaker. And then I was, in oh yeah, we did mode. talk about that. One hundred percent. I guess I can't read. For some reason, I read this as Peacemaker 100% of the time until the moment that I sat down to read it. I, I uh, even mentioned it when you when you told us the what books we're reading. I was like, hey, uh, you know, this is Peacekeeper. Like, <laughs> I don't understand what group. the fuck you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's what is this guy on about right now? Um. It's actually about Peacekeeper 01. Ed Brisson is the writer. Don't be fooled. James Tinian did not write a single sentence in this book. He's credited as a plotter, which more likely sure. means we needed his name on this book to sell it. Uh, um, it's also because his Batman overarching story is he's yeah. kind of the Hickman of that whole fear state thing. So, yeah, yeah. But I think Brisson's a big enough name at this point. I usually, if I see Brisson stuff, I usually pick stuff up. It's good. Yeah, but I, he's never. What has he done at DC? Right? Like I think I don't. I don't think he's done anything at DC. I, yeah, I yeah. Think this is his first DC at yep. that, which is why I bought it. Um, and also because I thought it was Peacemaker. But also <laughs> uh, we have Joshua Hickson, who's incredible. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yep. And then uh, Roman Reigns. I mean Roman Stevens who did the colors and Travis Lanham who did the letters acknowledge the wrong name on that one. Yeah. <laughs> we acknowledge the wrong character. On yeah, this one. Yeah. But we should acknowledge how good this book was. Yeah. It was it's, it's not the worst book to accidentally read. Like, yep. <laughs> Glad I, think, I bought it by mistake. Yeah. I think there's a lot of baggage going into fear state, especially if you haven't been reading Batman mm -hmm. uh, or if you weren't, uh, if you didn't listen to the show where I did a, as, as quick of a summation as I could for, um, what was it that we read recently? Oh, um, it was um, it was uh, me and you, Pete. It was, it, was, the, it was the Batman with the with the with not Luke Fox, but oh, oh uh, yeah, 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 Jake, okay. Jake Fox, Batman. yeah, Batman, thank yeah. you, thank you, yeah, and Tyler contextualized everything. So if you want Tyler's breakdown, you can go listen to that review. <laughs> yeah, but you don't really need it for this issue. 
No, no. no. Like they really kind of lay the important parts on the table without explaining it really there's not it's not exposition heavy this is really a nice character piece which is what these like batman secret files have been during this fear state there was one for miracle molly last week which is another tinian batman creation that was really fun um yeah i i, I really enjoy this and joshua hickson who was in shanghai red he was the artist of shanghai red yeah, that was a great book yeah uh, it was great and I, as soon as i saw joshua hickson's name on this i was like oh yeah okay cool i'm in this yeah, is good I- I would have picked this up for his art alone. Um, his stuff on the plot was awesome from Vault Comics. Um, it's like uh, definitely a knockout. Uh, he just has a style, man, that's like super horror focus. And I think for this to be a story about the effects of um, Scarecrow toxin, like sure, yep, it was a perfect marriage. Um, <laughs> man, I love the way he draws faces like of people in distress. Like yeah. every time Peacekeeper's like yelling, like he just he looks so fucking intense. Like the 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 shot where he's like, uh, "Do you copy? Return home?" And he's like, "Get out of my head!" Like he's like <laughs> exploding with rage, you know. Who um, is? Uh, I said it. I just did it too. Peacekeeper, <laughs> not peacemaker. Um, then, and then there's this scene where like I guess it's the guy who who runs like the you know the Peacekeeper project or whatever. Um, Steve Jobs. Yes, the Steve Jobs looking guy with the glasses and he's just like he's like, Oh my god, what do we <laughs> What just, do we do? I have eyes, I built this software. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's, it's it worked for me, man. It's uh it's super good. Ed Brisson is is really, really good at telling stories that are focused on you know, one character, one, two, three characters. I don't know if you guys have read The Violent, but that's one of my all-time favorite series. Um, and it's very short. It's like, I think like five or six issues max, but um, it's extremely good. And all it is is a story about a family, a, a guy who's just a, a troubled person, can't get it together in life. And this is very similar, you know, um, generational pain and trauma, um, you know, a, a dude who just can't escape his past. He can't escape the past of his father or his father's father, you know? Mm. And that's a deep story. Um, and it's where Ed Brisson lives at. You know, Cable's cool and all, but I feel like this kind of story is his bread and butter and he nails it. Um, you know, you really feel for, uh, I think his name is Sean. Yeah, Sean um, Mahoney, right? Yeah, Sean Mahoney, yeah. my alter ego. Um, a white cop or a white wannabe cop <laughs> not um, even a cop the bizarro sean <laughs> all the way um i really felt for him you know and i felt for what he's going through because he he's you know he can't even become a cop because of what his dad was but then at the same time he has some of the same characteristics as his father that he can't escape and it ruins his life that his father was a bad person and I can't really imagine anything worse than that. You never had a chance at life. You know, yeah. this this guy just he's done from the moment he's born because his dad sucks. Yeah, I think that's what I liked about this issue the most is like I'm not uh, keeping up with what's going on in Batman. Like I had read the the one story that that tied into this with like him at Arkham and the the nurses and everything. And I guess how he became uh, Peacekeeper because I think that was. Yeah, we reviewed that for the show. So I, I was familiar with that context, at least. But like, 
I think just as a singular issue, like if you just picked up this issue and read it, it's just it's just good. Like you don't even really need to have read what comes before or be interested in reading what comes next. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it just it was just solid. It was a good character study, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it reminds me of those old like uh, Joker's Asylum one shots, you know, where you just kind of get this nice character piece of this person in Gotham. Yeah. Uh, and um, I also like how like I don't feel bad for the character, but I understand him. If that makes sense, like this guy's still a piece of shit. Like, yeah, totally. And I, I also have the context for it because I am reading Batman, and like I know like this guy's like brutalized people in the in Arkham, and he was like about to get fired from Arkham. We get a little more detail on that here. Um, but uh, it, it's it's fun, and it's a good action issue with like really good character development in the background. Yeah. Yep. Th- uh, th- this was my pick of the week. Interesting. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I feel you, dude. The more we talk about it, the more I want to change my damn pick. Mar- Marco, <laughs> check out, check out Uh, two weeks ago. It was uh miracle Molly and it was drawn by Danny. If you're familiar with Ooh. Uh, Danny's art. Yeah. About to buy that right now. I would really, uh, uh, really good. I would definitely say pull this one. A hundred percent, yeah, and yeah. it it got me excited enough that I think I'm gonna get one sixteen. Um, after this, you mean honestly, the whole uh, one sixteen I think came out last week, but I think right? that is no, the, right, 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 the... Right being smug. Hold on, damn, no, you were right. I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm actually like I, I would actually. Yes, I would recommend this issue, but like I would recommend, you know, checking out the Batman book proper and kind of getting into this event. It's been pretty fun. Like, I can't imagine I, I can't I can't remember the last time we have a we had a really good like Scarecrow story. He's always been like a B-list Batman character in terms of like his impact, mm. like having good stories. And like, it's cool to kind of see him get the spotlight a bit. And it and it's turning into this like weird sci-fi kind of story, too, which which I'm which I'm enjoying. I really like Scarecrow. I like that Scarecrow. Yeah, can, me too. I really like that he can like add a lot of tension to a situation without being on the page. Yeah, yeah, because he because his like actions are implicated in whatever like follows because of the state that you get put in. Yeah, it's also just Fear like state. Haha, mm, you're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I do feel like though I think the reason that he probably is un- like you know maybe it is fair to say he's underutilized but I feel like that's because there's only so many kinds of stories you can tell with him mm-hmm. so it's like he's better it's a it's a it's a flavor that's better when used sparsely because then every time it happens you want it it's not a thing that feels fucking played out already. One thing I will say is that um, James Tinian is proving that. What limits people's usage of the scarecrow and the way that you're describing is probably their imagination. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because the way he's being utilized now, we're like, he's not even about the fear gas. Like it's not, it's not about that, you know. Um, that's so cool and so different. I like the idea that Scarecrow can in, he's he can incite fear in other ways, you know. Um, and I, I would like to see him explored like that more in the future. So. In the future, future state. Aha, <laughs> good job. All right, all right. We can go back and forth all day, dude. However you <laughs> want to do it. Let's talk about the death of Doctor Strange, number two. Sad. Uh, <laughs> <piece>. Okay. 
So this is by uh, Jed McKay with art by Lee Garbett, Antonio Fabella on colors, and Corey Pettit did the letters. Uh, Car Andrews on the cover. That's pretty cool. I like that. Um, I, okay, I didn't love the first one, but I thought, all right, this is this is cool. You know, fine. I'm here for it. Whatever. This one, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm off. Mm. I, I didn't like this at all. I, I think I was probably like the highest on this, like the first issue. I definitely like really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, this this issue, I think, like I I reached the end, and I'm like, oh okay, I guess we went nowhere and like had a fight. And I I I, I thought that you know we'd get more out of this interaction. I like that because I'm not as familiar with the Stephen Strange universe, so like he was finding things out as I was finding those things out at the same time. Mm. But outside of that, I, was like, I don't know what the fuck these three witches are. And uh, <laughs> like, they just fight and then bounce. And then like, we're, we're, we're still literally at the front porch. I don't like that blobby one with the, the statue face. Oh, no. oh I mm-hmm. fucking love that one. Nasty. Nope. Mm-mm. No, thank that you. Was some, that was some and Tony was like, yo, they're in my suit. I'm like, nope. I'm going to factory reset on my iPad right now. That's <laughs> they're in my that. ear. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a hater of tie-ins by any means. And I'm not one of those people who just doesn't want to see the Avengers ever. But for this to be an event called the death of Dr. Strange and in the second issue, it's just an Avengers fight scene. Like mm, I needed, I needed you to give me more before we did that or let that be the tie-in. Cause there is a death of Dr. Strange Avengers tie-in. So like, let that play out over there. I just, them coming here and getting involved, uh, just that we didn't, we didn't move because of that. Like actually didn't move. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like this is a great book for Dr. Strange diehards. All five of them. <laughs> 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 like, like there, there is an opening where it's like, oh, these villains are coming into, you know, out of the dark dimension or whatever Dr. Strange dimension. They're coming into, you know, on Earth. And I'm like, and I'm pretty well versed with Marvel you know, D-list characters. I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? I was about to like bust up in my encyclopedia uh, yeah. just to say like, oh, I don't know what this is. I'm like, oh, she's wearing green and purple. I'm guessing they're bad guys. Um, but like, that's all I could get out of it. Not to say it was bad. It's just like, this is, seems like kind of like a love letter to a type of story I never read. Mm. You know, like I know Dr. Strange was big in the, I want to say the seventies. Back in there, like the the psychedelic age, um, that tracks. Yeah, because of how weird it used to get. Um, it's probably one. I think it was one of the better selling books at certain point, certain points. Um, but like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. So like, I I feel like this is a callback to something I don't have the reference point for. And I think bringing the Avengers in there is like, hey, here's the modern day versus this you know, retro Dr. Strains that, you know, but I'm like, I only, I only have a, call, a reference point for one of those things. I, I feel like it is a good book in terms of the craft of it. Um, like it's totally readable. I can understand what's yeah. going on, but yeah. like, I don't know if it's for me. Yeah. Really. And like, and it very much gets overtaken by the fact that the Avengers are here, like literally the splash page that, that we see when they're all squaring off is all of the Avengers like up in like front and center 
And then you see in the back corner, like behind Thor's cape, is uh, Stephen Strange. And you're just like, well, what the hell happened here? Because he went from being on like the first, like the the prominent in the first three pages to literally becoming a background character in um, one of the biggest action packed moments of this book. Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was fine. Like it, it, it is very much. It feels like a set dressing issue, right? Like it's. I think it's kind of establishing what the, and you know, you could argue this is you know what a issue one should do. Um, it feels like this is really like setting the stage, right? Like that the 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 we the interesting thing is that we have this silver age version of Steven in the lead role, which to Tyler's point, you know, is feels like an homage to something that we just you know, don't have that nostalgia for. And I feel like the Avengers showing up and getting clowned is to, you know, establish how powerful these three characters are. And now we have a Stephen Strange who doesn't know anything, is less powerful than the one that we know, and he's going to have to be the primary actor of the story, right? Um, I-, I think all that works on a mechanical level, you know? Yeah. Um, whether or not you, you get that that vibe with you is, you know, is is, is here nor there. Um I, I wouldn't necessarily say that like it blew my you know my my skirt up or anything, but um, but it, it was like it was fun for a popcorn comic, you know. That's what it felt like. It felt like very much like this is a book about a fight scene and establishing a status quo for the next you know what um, three issues. One, yeah, two, it's a three, five four, issue event. Yeah, yeah, but there's like eighteen tie-ins <laughs> that are about other people. The, the focus is not even on Doctor Strange, to Marco's point. And that's what's that's what's killing me. Like, if you want to sell me on a comic book that's about, you know, the legacy of Doctor Strange and it's exploring all these different characters who are relevant to him and stuff, I can definitely vibe with that. And I wasn't even mad at the phone call or, you know, it was not a phone call, but like the conversation with Captain America, um, because it further establishes that, Cap has a relationship with Doctor Strange that this version of him isn't aware of. But in a five issue, and these aren't even, these are regular normal sized comics uh, to tell me that, you know, one of those is going to be Avenger centric in a, in a, an event that's dedicated to, to Doctor Strange. I, I don't know. That's, that's tough. That's tough for me to get with. Yeah, the, this issue could have like I, I think to to your point, Pete, like mechanically it makes sense, but um, you know, make I, I think what uh, McKay could have done here is make it work mechanically, but then save us like ten pages for story advancement. Um, it, and it, it we was met the a fun... villains, Marco. That's <laughs> we met the villains, and they could have like just knocked them out, which then... we didn't. Wish we didn't. <laughs> nah, dude. The, they the, have the a squiggly baby guy. The the squiggly guy with the fucking statue head. That should like that's from like blasphemous. That was some cool ass shit. Yeah, I don't know. I I I don't know. Like I I feel like I feel like this is a fun issue. It's 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 fine. It's good. Yeah, no doubt. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's like, you know, uh, it, it felt it also felt run of the mill. Hmm. You know. I feel like this would be one of those issues like, you know, like 15 years from now, you're at a comic book shop and you're going through back issues. And you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that next. And then like you just keep going. <laughs> wow, um, I read yeah. this. I read that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's like I think that's the thing, right, though, if to Tyler's earlier point, if you're a, a Doctor Strange fan, then 
Sure. Right. So yeah, it works. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think this was bad. I just. No, me either. Like I, I I often I, I thought the whole thing of him being this old like silver age, you know, or I guess even older maybe, um, version of himself was charming. Mm-hmm. Like that was a that was a charming device. Like I think that's a kind of novel idea that he shows up and he's in the old costume and he talks the way he used to and calls himself this name he hasn't called himself in probably 30, 40 publication years. Like those are cool fun things, you know. Did you did you read the first issue? I oh, I guess I didn't. Yeah, I fig- I figured that. We did we did all that shit already. That's, I got that's you. the problem. Okay. <laughs> all of that happened already and they're still doing it. And plus Avengers. Sure. Like this is not you know why why are we wasting our time? Move the story along. Yeah. Just kill Doctor Strange, make uh, Doctor Voodoo an ongoing series by recommender again. Oh, Let's just yeah. go back to that. Let's get it. <laughs> Zounds, um, y'all. I I would say pass. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna stick on this one because I like the first issue that much. And okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what happens in issue three. Okay. I'm gonna keep reading too, because I have to. <laughs> it's a compulsion. Okay, but already, what are you? I already t- started it. But what are you telling the listener? Um, I would say pass. I will get back to you though once it's done because this could be a good trade. <laughs> okay, yeah, oh, all this right, could be a good trade. Yeah. That's cool. It could it could easily pick up. Yeah, I I, yeah, I take that back. Then I I will I will say trade, trade wait for the for the listener. But I'm gonna pick up the next issue. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yep. Okay, that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. Trade weighted, sure. Well, let's talk about something that uh, I'm a lot more down on. Oh uh, no! Oh, yeah. you're telling me you don't like this random kaiju uh, jumping into you're your book? More, you're more down on it. Damn. <laughs> oh yeah, because Death of Doctor Strange had some redeeming qualities, as we we pointed out. Um. Ooh. I I thought the first issue of Trial of Magneto was hot fire. Yep. I'm I, this one was a hot something else. <laughs> I don't know why this is even called Trial of Magneto anymore. This is Scarlet Witch. Like this uh, is Scarlet excuse Witch. Excuse me. They said at one point that he's still a suspect, you guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. The trial is ongoing. <laughs> this the fact that the person who was murdered is back from the dead changes nothing. <laughs> oh. North Star being petty as shit. <laughs> I got a, I got a real kick out of that, like a genuine kick out of that line. I thought that was hilarious. He's like, "Look, this changes nothing. Our investigation is still like, ongoing, I, motherfucker." I don't know. Like Scarlet Witch has name recognition. Wanda has name recognition. Why not just call this? X-Men the Trial of Wanda or something? Or the, the rebirth or of Scarlet Witch or something the, like that. The death of Scarlet Witch. I wonder yeah. why they couldn't call it that. Well, because Sean, it would it would reveal everything. What, to be fair, right? That would also be issue? that would also be a funny name at this point, right? Because you'd be like, oh death, she's already back. Like <laughs> well, guys, I'm referencing the fact that we just read a book called The Death of No, Dr. no, Wayne. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> so we forgot about that. It's the exact same thing. This well, they crazy. were they were gonna call it the the trial of Baron Mordo and the other one, but you know they had to <laughs> switch it up. It is funny how there there's two concurrent Marvel books going on right now, where the main character dies and a younger version takes over for it, and now it's like, oh, what do I do? 
Yeah. Um, it's literally the House same. of Ideas, <laughs> baby. <laughs> House of Idea. <laughs> In a way, uh, it, it's definitely hilarious. And it's unfortunate that this is how this has shaken out. Uh, it, it is worth pointing out, I guess, that COVID and the the release cadence for these books change things to where these are coming out concurrently and i don't know that they were always supposed to i'm totally and, just memeing yeah it's like yeah, no 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 no, for sure yeah <laughs> um, but i i just felt it was worth saying yeah absolutely yeah we're just we're just poking a little bit of fun it, um, go ahead sorry it was it was one like in the discord we recently had a conversation about like writers that we can't get into and i was really excited for this book because it's leah williams and i'm like wow similarly to sean i thought the first issue was excellent the second issue, you know, uh, wasn't as great. It was a follow-up. It was still building the story. I still thought it was strong. And then now I'm like, oh, I'm starting to feel differently about the book. Like there are moments in, in the script where I kind of like got lost or like moments that took me out where I, I think one, uh, one that was particularly like egregious word is where she was like, oh, um, Wanda was walking over with, I guess, her kids and like, mom, come over this way. And they're just like, oh, you know, you died and stuff. Uh, damn, I'm trying to find the page. I got oh, it. Oh, oh, it's like, Tommy, wait, you're okay. Hello. Have we met? Is it, That's not our mother, though she is a Scarlet Witch. Um, I, there were just like moments that took me out of this and just like explained it. Oh, oh she's not she's not entirely her like she's from the past or something i'm like oh okay thanks like i, I could have figured that <laughs> out or you could have told me in context with the fact that she went through the um what is it called when you get reborn again um oh the crucible right yeah oh, the I think crucible's so. an event oh so. no yeah, yeah, yeah. She just got reborn yeah she just okay. resurrected yeah yeah i so, mean the costume should have been enough for that like i don't think you needed to tell me that yeah or the, yeah. I don't know the fact that she immediately kissed Vision. Like we we guess that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's over the top. Like they they hammer you in the head with that fact. Like I guess it's yeah. It's for the people that don't know that. I guess. But are they are they reading this? You know, like <laughs> yeah. That's, and and also, can we talk about like the most egregious, crazy thing that they did, where rachel and gene just give her all her memories of all the crazy awful shit that has happened in her life since oh my <laughs> god like why would you do that gene gray right and rachel in the last issue i think it was rachel is thinking about how like it's wrong to be going through people's minds and stuff like that gene gray is always talking about that but they're cool with putting her through an extreme amount of trauma in like a second yeah and she and also we don't see her react to the trauma yeah that's what i was gonna say next she's cool yeah. with that she's fine <laughs> wow i wish i thought of that sooner like <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh shit, good idea. Bam. <laughs> oh, wait, I just wiped Jack of Hearts from Marvel continuity. Like, yes. all right, let's go. He's coming back, guys. There's a solicitation. He shows up. So, but, but it was like you experience all this stuff and then like somehow it unlocks Kaiju. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck was that about? Random. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, it just, it felt very like out of left field. Um, especially just because like it's like even like the way that. <laughs> 
that they announce it, right? It's like, okay, we're going to give Wanda all her memories back. And then it's like, boom, what's that? It's like, what the fuck? Like, why did this happen? Like, we were in the middle of something else. And they're like, oh, fuck, we got three giant kaiju attacking the island on different, different coastal locations. It's like... What the fuck? What we were doing something way different like two pages ago, man. It's the trial of Kaiju at this point. Also, why does that even matter? The X-Men have a fucking uh a, a Power Rangers um uh what's it called? Uh mech. Yeah, they have a oh, mech. That's right. Like they don't care about Kaiju. Hello? Also, the island's alive. Can't like yeah. Yeah. um excuse me, it's three kaiju though. That's the problem. Oh, okay, sure. okay. All right. Self-healing. Well, one robot, one kaiju. robot can deal with one, but three that can heal? Come on. Uh-uh. It's a big deal. It's not like they have omega level mutants of L or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Gene can't just shut down the brain. And like I'm not even trying to be that nerd, you know, <laughs> anal about it. But this just doesn't seem like that big of a deal. I'm sorry. They're, these are the X. The Avengers are here too, right? Like it's like we <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> I feel like the Avengers can handle this by themselves. I did like that one part where Cap just throws a shield and he hits him in the eyeball. Yeah, and like it gets stuck there. I'm like, how does he get his shield back? I also, like I don't I don't have time to think about that. I but also it, uh, it knocks him down and knocks the kaiju down. I'm just like. What the fuck? Did you hit him in a sweet spot? Like, he just Bro, died. Yeah, it's like a Legend of Zelda villain, right? Like, you yeah. hit it in the red spot three times and it, fucking, it falls down. Got a, got a critical. Um, yeah. But also, I love the, the the maintained thread of the fact that Captain America is, uh, you know, friends with Kyle. He's like, please give Kyle my rain check on dinner. I got to go fight a kaiju. <laughs> Thank you for bringing up that page. Because they just learned that some crazy shit is happening on Kokoa, right? Which is their sacred land. And they walk to the problem. <laughs> I, got another, <laughs> I got another question. Yeah. So Sink takes Wasp's powers? Yes. Does the Wasp have powers? Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah. No. It's a suit, right? Yeah. Or isn't it technology? And also, techn- yeah. I thought Sink can only take mutant technology is one is wasp a mutant yes confirmed confirmed you hear it here first look that up real quick hold on hold on no i mean she's definitely not but like <laughs> no her powers came from um, pin particles the pin particles yeah, absolutely i maybe they're trying to say that that's like a, a ultimate mutation. wasp ultimate wasp is a is a mutant but i guess everyone okay. in the ultimate universe is a mutant so that doesn't really matter um also <laughs> didn't didn't apocalypse kill gambit i feel like apocalypse killed gambit in excalibur and no one no, cared no he's around still no no no. yeah of course but he got resurrected like everybody else so oh, yeah, why is it happen. such a big deal that magneto allegedly killed scarlet witch they don't even know that they're treating this dude like he's absolutely guilty he's a human no one even cares what his argument is and that's it. But she's a human. She's not a mutant. You can't kill mutants. Or you can kill, kill, kill humans. Yeah, you can't, can't kill, kill humans. humans. She, well, That's the number one law of Krakoa. So how's she alive? I don't know. No, because Cerebro can back up humans. They just don't. They don't offer it to humans. Yeah. That's like that's like the, the crime. She's likely, well, no. She's likely backed up because she was a mutant. Yeah, or at least Cerebro thought she was a mutant. Which, well, yeah, but right, that was what yeah. Professor X said, right? Was that like the yeah. backups they had would be super old because they stopped doing it once they found out they were human. Yeah, right. once the MCU happened. 
Right. <laughs> Sometime around 2000. Yeah. yeah, this book is lacking a lot of the politics that I thought it would have. Yeah. Because these are the questions that are actually interesting when yeah. you're talking about Krakoa and all of the rules and regulations. I wanted to see that. I thought this would le- like legit be a trial and it's not. <laughs> it's kaiju battles. Yeah. Which is the opposite of a trial. I think it's if a you dis- look at like, yeah, <laughs> it's the literal opposite of a procedural trial uh, is kaiju battles. I think that's, I think it's canon. It's a disappointing amount of the X books in the Krakoan era that aren't written by Hickman, right? Where it's like, it's the promise of the stuff that Hickman delivers in the hands of teams that are not capable of delivering or not interested in delivering what Hickman yeah. is, is, uh, is, is yeah. doing. Like, I think we carry that expectation into these books. Um, it's the same thing that happened with way of X, right? Where it's like, Cool. Yes, I'm interested in that concept, but it's not really about that. And Marauders was that. And and it's like a frustrating number of these books do not really line up with their elevator pitch. I completely agree. I, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. And then, you know, this book ends. Literally, when this book ended, I, I, I exclaimed out loud. and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Because the last page features old lady Wanda. Like, all right, you know, she's old. She's still, everything is still, you know, looking great. She's awesome. I love Scarlet Witch. But why? This is not even about her. Spun the wheel. Spun the wheel. What What does that even mean? What the fuck was that page? Oh, I thought it was an ad. Same. I thought it was an ad too, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That was weird. Oh, I just looked it up. Uh, Wasp does have powers due to long-term exposure to pin particles. So it's wow. not in pursuit. Okay. Then that's okay. still science So I guess Sink can just take whatever. Yeah. Once yeah. it's right. classified as powers. Yo, can we talk about the art for a second? Yeah. Uh, so I, I looked back because I remember I didn't, I wasn't a big, the biggest fan of the art in issue two. And page one, panel three, you get Wanda with a like face. Um, not a fan. Not a I, fan of this fucking art. I kind of like that actually. I didn't want to nitpick, and so I was gonna let like not say that because I. Oh, have I, so I, I'm, other... I'm here. I'm here, Sean. Thank you. That's not <laughs> yeah. the only time that that happens, but yeah, it, it's not. And then like, I, maybe it was. Maybe I'm reading like because it's the digital issue, but I felt like the kaiju for some reason they were like. They were weird. Rendered? No, the like design... heavily inked, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, rendered oddly. It's like he ran out of pen and he only had sharpie. Well, <laughs> like, it's, does that make sense? It's worth pointing out, and I I neglected to do this, but this issue had two artists. Yes, yeah. Um, it was yeah. Lucas Wernick and David Messina, um, with of course Edgar Delgado on colors, Clinton Cowles on letters, but um. I feel like that probably led to some of the weirdness, especially when you consider that this book was originally, correct me if I'm wrong, solicited as just Lucas Wernick. And yeah. then they had to bring David Messina on to help out. Mm-hmm. That's not the best look. Yeah. And this book was also originally uh, an arc of X Factor. Yeah. But you can even see how like Cap talks about iBoy and like, oh, mm-hmm. That would have been great if this was X Factor, where iBoy right. was still a main character. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike it. 
like I strangely still had fun with this issue, but like it's just not what I expected. It's another popcorn comic. Like it's fine, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. That. It it doesn't feel like what I don't know. It doesn't feel like what we signed up for. Yeah, going from CSI where we were, you know, talking about the ligature marks in Wanda's wrists and they're like examining the body, <laughs> and two issues later seeing Wasp punch a kaiju. Like I'm like, how how did we get here? These are very different different what energies. You know what music started playing when that shit happened? I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, and and you know, I hate getting on here and 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 being just straight up negative, but I. I'm really disappointed with this. Like I thought this was going to be, all right, this is Leah Williams coming out party. Mm. Uh, This is my first time where I'm really going to mess with something she's doing. They're giving her a a big shot. This book doesn't feel like it matters. And that's where I always come away. If it's an event, if it's not an event, whatever. Okay, fine. You don't have to matter. But as a, as an X-Men story, you know, if you're talking about Inferno, which is happening now, even, um, the apocalypse thing that, or not the apocalypse, the onslaught revelation. Yes. You know, this kind of feels like it's, it's, it's more, it's irrelevant compared to all of that. And obviously it's not over. Anything could happen, but where we, where we stand right now, this hasn't added an ounce of anything to the greater X-Men story. And the fact that Magneto is even here dealing with this, while at the same time in Inferno, we see that he's still a part of the council. He's alive. Nothing bad has befallen him. And we know that takes place after this. This book feels like it's irrelevant and worthless. So for that, I would say drop it. Do not pull it. There's nothing redeeming about it because of that alone. Maybe you like the characters. If you like Leo Williams stylings, that's great. But the fact that it's not, it doesn't matter from a storytelling perspective. And there's a lot of weird shit going on. I wouldn't pull this if I didn't have a podcast and I wasn't insane about finishing what I start. Yeah. But you're also admitting that on the show. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm at a point where it's like, I didn't like two out of three issues, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, yeah. Like it's tough. It's tough for me to be like, yeah, like stick with this. It might be good. You know, I don't know. Probably not. Right. Or, or maybe it will, but like that doesn't necessarily justify it being one of the books that you pull. Um, with your limited budget and with um, where I'm at with it now, I'm kind of, I'm kind of good. Uh, Sean, what was your cover? Can can you show the cover for this one again? I sure can. Oh, never mind. Okay. Uh, I I thought it looked like the, um, the cover for issue four for a second. Mm. Yeah. I, I hate to, I hate to, you know, trash it. I still will read, uh, four and five. I don't know that we'll review them unless you guys want us to. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, is there a issue five? I thought it was just four issues. Oh, maybe it is four. For some reason, I thought it was a five issue deal, but I could be wrong. Um, oh yeah, you're right. Five of five. In any event, that's going to do it for our reviews here. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it as always. If you want more content like this, make sure that you are leaving us a follow, a rating, and a review, subscribing to us on YouTube. Let us know what books you want us to talk about here that we're not talking about. Yeah, next week is huge. (laughs) Yeah, and of course, before we close out, we need to uh, talk about what books we're looking forward to uh, uh, next week. Um, but yeah, if there, if there are books that you want us to pull that we're not pulling that you think are better than the ones that we're reading, or you just want our thoughts, 
uh, let us know. Write in, um, leave us a comment below, um, or write to us at thecomicspalace.gmail.com. The book I'm looking forward to from next week is actually something I completely forgot was a thing, but I think has the potential to be really special or really bad, I guess. The Batman, the long Halloween special. Yep. That's that going to be, that's that cool. should be, that's going to be cool. That should be interesting. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see how that is. It's Jeff, it's Jeff Loeb still, right? Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's see. It, it strangely reeks of uh, Goldberg coming out of retirement, but you know, like, <laughs> We'll see how that turns out. We'll, we'll see. As a community, um, we're down on Jeff Lowell because of the whole racist thing, which is a big deal. I totally um, forgot about that. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, past it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have uh, two. Oh, oh, go ahead, Mark. No, go, go for it. Go I'm going to say I have two that I'm excited for. So Moon Knight, number four. Um, Moon Knight's all fine and dandy. I, you know I'm a Moon Knight fan. But this one has Tigra. Come on. Come <gasps> on. I gotta I gotta read a Tigra story. Tigra. Great character. And then Robin number seven comes out next week. Um, the current Robin run is fantastic. Really? You you keep yeah. it up on that one? Oh yeah, it's really good. It's just like a like a like a Mortal Kombat book, really is what it is. <laughs> uh, by Joshua Williamson and Glev Melnikov. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun. Turns out Robin's really into manga. So there's like manga panels built into it that's in black and white, which is oh, really nice. sick. And it's we, completely we changed the art these, style. Marco, you don't remember this? No, I, I, I did, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> it's, like it's that kinda, continues. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> it's it's kind of nuts because like I'm looking at uh, League of Comic Geeks and I'm ordering, I'm organizing it by like most polled. And like Robin is above Inferno for most pulled book, which is like bonkers to me. So that must mean like people are liking this book. So. Uh, and then uh, what else? Uh, crossover, uh, crossover number nine. Hell yeah, dude! Oh I'm damn, you took one of mine. I can take well, more years if you want. I mean, you probably could, and 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 that, that was gonna be mine. Crossover has been hot fire. Uh, loving everything about that book. So very excited for it to come back after like a quick break. Um, and uh, Primordial number two, that's coming out next week. I finally read issue one. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Go go check out our review of that because that was uh, incredible work. Very excited for it. Also, I didn't say it, but Inferno number two. I was about to say, yeah, that's unbelievable. Go ahead. I was going to say Inferno number two is mine. Um, Shout out to Moon Knight as well. I'm looking forward to that. I've really been been digging on Moon Knight. Um, But Inferno was fucking nuts. Like uh, all of the things that we said about what we wanted Trial of Magneto to be like that's what inferno is it is the main event it is the a tier you know high politics high stakes you know um that's that's the real stuff and i think it is the most essential and sean and i reviewed it and we said i think that it was the it's the most essential an x book has felt since house and powers um and i mean that with all the weight i can put on that so inferno is the good shit i can't wait for number two and I got to say, it's nice seeing the comic shops like start putting out their spooky books next week. We got like Gunslinger Spawn. We got yeah. House of Slaughter. Uh, Something is Killing Children. Yes. Yep. Uh, Task Force Z, which is Jason Todd leading a uh, team of zombie Batman villains. Um, and then DC versus vampires. Like, hell spooky yeah. Spooky out there, guys. 
Good stuff. Batman Fortnite Foundation, apparently. Oh, oh, oh. He's, he's the Batman who there. <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to do it. Uh... Wait, wait, wait. We, you, we do have to shout out um, uh, Radiant Black number nine because that's going to be a big issue. Um, I think we've talked about it on the podcast of uh, New York Comic Con. We're going to have the interview out soon uh, with Kyle Higgins. Uh, then stay tuned for that issue in fucking number 10 because that's going to actually blow your socks off. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next week. Keep it locked here for our review. Some amount of those books that we just talked about, some amount of us will be here to review. So thank you so much for joining us. We hope you'll join us next week. Until next time, take care, guys. See you next week.